Hey everyone, Super Shadow here. Just wanted to say thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. I also wanted to take a quick second to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. We literally could not do our shows and have them out for all you guys to hear without this one. And I'm talking about Anchor. And if you haven't heard Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because of a few reasons here. One, it is absolutely free. They will never charge you. Uh, it's absolutely free to sign up, make an account, and get started today. Uh, also, there are a ton of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Not only that, Anchor will take your podcast, take your videos, your audio files, and have them so that they can be heard all across the different platforms. I'm talking Spotify, Apple Music, and many, many more. You also can start making money right here, right now. That's right. Anchor has no minimum for their listenership. You could join, make an account for free, and start earning money today. It's everything you really need in a podcast all in one place. So go download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Why not? Why not get started? You can do this. So again, go to anchor.fm or Anchor app in your app store and download it today. Thank you, guys. So so this kind of leads to like it, it, what that person experienced in that conversion and life change conducted one of these in a way, and it's it's a test of what is being taught from those who you are listening to. So let, let me let me switch up here. I'm gonna go back to Shadow if he's okay. Shadow, you good I'm, to answer? I questions? think so. I just took some. I'm metting up. I'm trying to like take everything I can so that I could <laughs> listen and and talk. But I think I'm good. So go ahead, throw me whatever. You're good. You're good. And so how can we test those who are teaching us about God if we are still growing? and don't have the answers. The whole reason we go to be discipled is to grow in the faith. But how can we test what we're being taught? Like, how do we know what yeah. is gospel if we're ignorant and we're learning? And when I mean ignorant, I don't mean lack of intelligence. I mean, like, we literally just don't know. Yeah. So how can we, how can we, what is a test that maybe we can <laughs> perform or circle back to? If you're watching the news, I love circle back right now. Uh, but what can we, what can we do to make sure that we are learning and growing in the gospel and not a false gospel? Yeah, I think there's, there's two things, um, and they're, they're different, but they both help us to be able to do this well. The first is a deconstruction. That's, that is the, the unlearning of something, because I think we're in this very unique time and day and age where, um, we are so readily available with information you want to learn how to do literally anything you can right now open another tab <coughs> on stream or whatever and google how do i blank right the issue with that in that informational world and thing now is there's just so much information that and and so many people giving the information that you can't tell what is true and what isn't true and so <coughs> although we have this unlimited potential to learn things to uh understand things we, we don't utilize that because most of us are lazy and we don't want to spend time digging through what's true and what's false. So in today's climate and culture, a big part of how we decide what is true and what is biblical, even going back to last week's conversation on transgenderism or, or any of the weeks that we've done talking about bad stuff, even this is um, there's, there's this <coughs> temptation and what most of the world gives itself to is, well, what feels good? What feels right? Um, and, and what, what makes me happy, uh, to hear, um, scripture talks about this as, as, you know, um, just, just being soothing to the ears or sweet to the ears, um, type of thing. And so 
there is, in a sense, if we want to be able to be biblical and we want to be faithful, even if we have limited knowledge on Scripture and, and you know, uh, don't have a lot of good discernment is what I'd call it, or wisdom in <coughs> knowing is this true or isn't this true, um, there needs to be a deconstruction of I'm not just going to lead with my emotions. Not saying emotions are all bad, but not let that be the leading factor of this is true and right um, or <coughs> or biblical. That's number one, a deconstruction and a realization that our emotions uh, usually dictate what's true more so than facts or what is biblical. Um, and so we have to deconstruct that. We have to unlearn that and learn to take pause and not just believe that because it sounds good, it feels good, or it has a nice backtrack to it. <coughs> the second part is a learned thing when it comes to wisdom and discernment. It's obviously reading our Bible and learn and growing in that. But um, in that, asking two questions <coughs> whenever we hear a message from someone. One, um, what does the message, where does the message come from? Uh, and that seems like kind of an obvious one because sometimes, uh, you know, people will take a Bible verse and isolate it and use that, you know, what we've, <coughs> what Tucson I think was kind of answering here too, um, and say, well, of course it comes from the Bible, but does it, <coughs> following the line of thinking, whatever their main point is, right, because every sermon that you'll hear, every YouTube video has a main point, what is the main point? If you could summarize it into one sentence, that's kind of what all preachers try to do, summarize what they're trying to say into one sentence. Every good YouTube video does this. Take that one sentence and look at the Bible and say, does that match up with what the Bible has to say on that issue? Um, <coughs> so where does the source come from? Secondly, uh, what is the substance of the message? That kind of goes with that. Uh, these two kind of go together. Um, <coughs> what are they using to support this message, this main point? Um, is it just leaning on my emotions? Is it just leaning on culture? Um, is it just leaning on a popular trend? Um, or is this something that has a timeless truth that is rooted uh, in scripture? So those are two ways that I think we can begin to do that. Uh, I would encourage the reading of things like Proverbs um, <coughs> and just throughout the New Testament, like I said, uh, you have 1 Thessalonians, First and Second Peter, all of these things kind of handle um, <coughs> a lot of this topic of how do we differentiate truth from um, heresy. So that'd be kind of the start. I don't know if anyone else has any other thoughts on it, <coughs> what they want to say with this. I'm going to, I'm going to throw this to preacher, man, since you deal with a lot of apologetics through your content, a lot of your content should be focused on in the defense of the gospel, which probably like, which probably deals with not only people who are saying the gospel is completely false, but also mm -hmm. people who are saying this biblical precedent is false. You're not right. This biblical idea is more right. Right. Uh, like, how can we, how do, how do we test the presentations that we're being given? So, so for example, we've talked about this here on chat, but just uh, since most of us are, are pretty orthodox in our theology, uh most of that us. are on screen i say i you know i like this uh and i'm i'm setting this up on purpose but like we've talked about like once saved always saved right oh uh, baby right so there's a presentation maybe in a church that says uh no the security of salvation is not as uh concrete as you believe be on guard all the time like like how do we how do we test what is being taught to us maybe in the like in the idea of once saved always saved compared to like hey i went to an i went to one church that said hey your salvation is at risk make sure you're repenting all the time and make sure you're still safe hold on to it and then the next week i go to a church that says okay hey you've given your life to christ you're good forever you may struggle but if you're a true believer you're gonna stay uh within the fold of the flock like like how do we test those two 
the seemingly contradicting teachings is one a false teacher or uh-huh. is one right like how do we how do we do that what are your thoughts on this uh, to it's, complement a little bit what shadow said yeah that's a, that's a difficult it's a difficult question so kind of using your uh specific uh point there so so i i would stand um you know strongly in in the concept of perseverance of the saints um but i think there's there's really uh there there's there's in a way two other options that that, that showcase for me how we make these distinctions so uh, you have those who would teach so so maybe like a roger olson or or or, or many classical arminians would say that that someone can can be saved and then they can they can reject the gospel not not sin not sin a lot not sin over and over but but reject that jesus is their lord and then that person could quote unquote walk away from their salvation and then further along than that you would have someone who would say that you can lose your salvation by sinning over and over and over again Um, what's interesting is is me being firmly planted within perseverance of the saints i would operate pastorally the exact same way as Roger Olson when talking to someone about repentance, uh, the, the gospel, etc. Right? We would operate pastorally and theologically almost identical, right? But then we have this 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 distinction of where I would say if a person rejects the gospel after accepting it, they they never truly believed it. They didn't have saving faith. He would say um, that 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 person has walked away from right, but. 99% of how we would deal with that person, that topic pastorally would be the exact same. For the third option, the person who would say, man, if you sin too much, God will remove his grace from you. Um, we would not operate similarly at all pastorally, right? We, we, would, we would have a completely different approach to sharing the gospel and the implications of the gospel. Um, I had a a, a Sunday school teacher, actually, when I first came to the church I'm at now, who was teaching this, um, you know, in a church that is very clearly perseverance of the saints. He was teaching this in his Sunday school class. And we found out because I took our students to youth camp. And one of our students was 15. Uh, he, he came forward and wanted to accept Christ at the end of the youth camp, which is fantastic, except for he had done it the last three youth camps, right? One of those situations. Um, and so this was like the third or fourth time he'd accepted Christ. Um, and, and so I, his mom was my chaperone. So I pulled her off to the side and I said, hey, what's going on here that, you know, I feel like I've seen genuine fruit. Um, he's been baptized, right? We, we, we've watched him walk with Jesus. I know he's struggling with some things. We've been talking about it. Why does he feel this way? And she basically told me her Sunday school teacher had taught her that if her son hadn't been repenting of these things he was struggling from, then he had lost his salvation. And so this was the third or fourth time that this kid was begging for God to re-save him because he was a 14-year-old struggling with lust, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm, I'm operating on a completely different gospel at that point than the person who's teaching that. Uh, Roger Olson would operate on the same gospel as me 99.9% of the way they're through that, maybe even 100. Uh, you know, and so I think that's part of it is, man, getting into the practical pastoral part of dealing with people helps you to see the implications of what you believe, right? The implications yeah. of what's being said. So I think that's a big piece of it is apply those doctrines to the Christian life, apply it to the people you're pastoring and teaching, and you will I think have a better chance of understanding what is dangerous, heretical, and anti-gospel. 
but let, let me let me follow up with a question for you what sure. so if if his, if their mother was a chaperone you're sitting there she is edifying and reflecting the theological position that the student was being taught and then pushing that again on the student how did you then coach her disciple her to pursue a different pathway to to maybe find to like to find the truth in that instead of just sure. accepting what she was being told so like um, yeah because that, that's really where we want to go with you like like not only is it like the deconstructing like shadow saying but like this kid is in it for a year right his mother's in this for a year probably going hey have you repented gosh you you know it's tuesday have you repented did you lose your sin today okay we got to go to camp so you can get saved again like these are the conversations i'm assuming that's happened how did right. you then coach disciple his his mother to make a transition towards like biblically aligned truth and positioning that yeah, it was it was it was really easy because she cared about the word of God and was just confused. Yeah. Right. Mm. So that that's that's the best part is that it's, this is a very good story because she said. This is why we're doing this. And I said, that's not biblical. And she said, it's not. And she was excited to find out that it wasn't because this was racking wow. her. I mean, can you imagine being a, a parent who's worried that your son is like re? purchased his ticket to hell like every six months i mean so for her it was this racking of is my son saved is my son not saved is my son saved and so when we were able to dive into the word together and she trusted me as her pastor and she trusted the word um we were able to kind of really it took about a year um part of that was because we had to root out a lot of false teaching from the person who'd been teaching that to her but we sat down with her me and our senior pastor and she wanted to know what the bible said about it she had just assumed that the person teaching her was teaching her the Bible. Right. But when we, we, yeah, sat, yeah. we sat down and we said, hey, this is what the Bible says, she, she, she trusted it and she allowed her shepherds to shepherd her. So part of that is just who are you talking to, right? Are you talking to someone you're shepherding who's committed to allow you to be their pastor and trust the Bible? Man, that's easy peasy. Where it gets yeah, difficult yeah. is the person who, who doesn't, who, who maybe thinks that they care what the Bible says, but doesn't really want to, to, to submit to the word or someone who's not in your flock, someone who's not in your church, some sort of random Twitter user online who doesn't even have, you know, their name or their profile picture and they're anonymous. All right. How do you do it with that person is, is the tough one. Um, so I think that's part of it is knowing the person you're talking with. And if you do know them and have the ability to pastor and shepherd them, the foundation is the word and you trust that the word will be clear especially on something yeah. like that. If the word's not clear, right, then maybe it's not something that is heretical, right? But on something yeah. like that, it was, here's the word, right? Come on. All right.